1: Dave Ramsey's ministry once shared an illustration about encouragement using the Belgian horse. Of all the draft horse breeds in the world, the Belgian horse is the strongest and most powerful. Did you know one Belgian horse can pull more than 8,000 pounds? Imagine that. If you put two Belgian horses together, they don't just double the amount they can pull— they actually triple it to 24,000 pounds. These horses teach a powerful life lesson on the importance of support and spiritual encouragement.
2: Life is full of hardship and testing. When encouragement is absent, hope weakens and joy falters. One of the best decisions we as Christians can make is to surround ourselves with godly, encouraging friends. Joining us today is a man who is one such encourager. He has a zeal for the Word of God, and a heart for loving and winning the disabled community with the gospel. Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, welcome to Broken Vessels Hidden Treasures. Hey, thanks.
1: You have quite a unique ministry of encouragement through your blog, From groans to Glory. You've written quite a bit about discipleship, friendship, and disability. How did this start? Tell us your story.
3: Well, it kind of started uh, when I became disabled, uh, four years ago now, almost to today, um, I, uh, I woke up uh, one day, went to work, uh, I felt tired, um, felt out of breath, and then I went to a doctor uh, and they immediately uh, admitted me to the hospital. Didn't know why, didn't know what was happening, but long story short, I was in a coma for 10 weeks and woke up uh completely disabled um on some fronts um i couldn't speak uh i couldn't breathe on my own i couldn't eat on my own i couldn't move and i i could stand and i definitely couldn't walk um so really it was started four years ago but up until now It's really blossomed into just a way of life and just what God has really uh, given me. So Mm -hmm. it started then, but now it's kind of just, again, just a way of life.
2: Well, in receiving the diagnosis of a terminal illness or facing a loss of a sudden disability, uh, it's not uncommon to go through stages of grief, you know, with anger and depression, etc., are there any specific passages from Scripture that helped bring you to a place of contentment with God's plan for your life?
1: Well,
3: all God's Word is obviously uh, profitable and uh, good for uh, growth and edification. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main passage actually inspired uh, the title for my uh, website, uh, From groans to Glory. Uh, it's Romans 8, uh, 18 through it's titled from groans to glory i mean in that passage it talks about how god takes us from our groans our pain and suffering to our ultimate destination heaven and our ultimate glory so he takes us from pain and suffering in this life and takes us and sustains us until the very end So we spend eternity in our glory with him. So I'd say Romans 8, 18 through 30 really inspired me. It kept me understanding really what's going on, what's happened, and what God is uh, using this for, for his ultimate goal.
1: What is it like to be a father with a disability?
3: Well, that's actually interesting. I never really thought, obviously, that I would be uh, disabled and a father uh, at the same time or even at all. Um, But I would say the main thing uh, that I could say on that is that um, it's really uh, humbled me and really uh, at times brought out major idols that were still very deep within my heart that I didn't know where there. Um, it really uh, brought me to a greater place of dependence on God um, and really just a reliance on the truth I knew of God. Through parenting, humility is, is going to be a major factor, just for every parent. Right. But being a disabled father, at times has brought me to an even, I would say, even greater humility than I ever thought could be possible. And that's because I could not rely on myself to um, grow or implant any sort of wisdom or um, upbringing into my daughter. It really made me rely on God to give me the strength and give me Grace in the midst of parenting, even more so than I ever thought possible.
1: Have you been able to see any impacts from your disability on your child's life?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um I would say uh there are two main things that I, I picked up on over the last four years, is that um the main the main two things are that uh she sees disability as a part of the diversity of God's church. Um, She doesn't see disability as something that should be a a reason for separation from God's church or something so distinct that it would keep me away from God's people. So in some ways, like, it's, it's really brought her to an understanding of God's people, their diversity of his people, and the love that can be shown to all people of all nations, all tongues, all abilities, everything like that. So it's really, it, um, it's real to me that just in my existence in her life, she sees them more as something to uh, give God uh, praise for and mm-hmm. not see as something that would hinder me in, uh, in my relationship with God or his church. Right.
2: You know, it, it takes work and effort for any relationship to be successful. As you and I know, there are an unusual and added challenges with interabled couples. What tips would you offer to couples impacted by disability for keeping their marriage strong and honoring to God?
3: Um, well, I would say there are two kinds of interabled uh relationships. One, which I can't speak too much into, uh, and I don't feel like it's my place, is uh, uh, one individual who is either born disabled or became disabled before uh the the spouse and them met um and how that kind of interplays i can't speak too much into that because that just wasn't my experience and i don't want to speak for someone else but from my experience is that i we were both able-bodied um you know just living life and then i became disabled very quickly um it was not something that anyone saw coming um so I'd say in the past four years the main thing I've learned is that in the course of our relationship and maintaining strength is communication mm-hmm. um right. and I, I i know that's a very common answer that you'll probably find a lot of places um, but I would say. The communication needs to be honest, raw, forgiving, uh, and ultimately needs to have uh, the goal of glorifying God. Um, So I would say, just in our marriage, communication with each other is so vital to its health and strength, and uh, I would even say it lasting because it's been a very hard four years, but in that midst, we've talked, uh, we've kept in contact, we stayed best friends, and I think that uh, really just remaining close in the midst of hard times gives mm-hmm. us a deeper love for each other, but even on top of that, which I know is Kind of going off that is the communication with each other is, I mean, as I said, great and uh, a vital tool. But our communication individually and together with God in prayer is uh, something that I undervalued a lot before I became disabled. um, We hardly ever prayed together not for a lack of like desire it was more just a lack of honesty i thought it just wasn't that impactful Hmm. um but as after i became disabled i realized how important it was for us to, to communicate again honestly raleigh very uh Groaning to God together is a a great way for us to remain close uh, together to God. So communication on vertical and horizontal needs to be a tool that is used to to the utmost.
1: You've made a a good point there. Communication might be a, a common point of advice but it is so very vital
3: yeah I mean just just talking and I mean we were always best friends so it wasn't like a hard thing for us to laugh to uh I mean at times cry together um to be I mean at times I mean you can be honest and I mean be simply like together, you can simply speak with each other and not encourage and build each other up. But because we were best friends before we even got married and remained best friends throughout our entire relationship with each other, um, it just it made communication so much easier uh, when things were really hard. Um, because We laugh together, and that's easy. But I mean, just being able to say, "I'm I'm afraid of dying before my child graduates high high school," like that's being able to communicate that kind of fear, um, and then the other person speaking gospel truth. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. it's it's so it's so necessary, but. You just don't know you need it. But then once you have it, it, it becomes a gem. And that's what I value the most in our relationship is that we've been made friends and best friends. And the, again, a huge part of that is just talking.
1: On our podcast, we've often emphasized the importance of reaching the disabled community with the gospel. How would you suggest we reach them?
3: Rich and the disabled community, I think, I think we, we set a very unrealistic uh, expectation on ourselves, like it's, it's, I don't know, like it's an alien species, like, (laughs) like disabled people are just not like everyone else, they're so, it's so much harder, but I liken it to this, and maybe this is helpful, maybe it's not, but I think of it like this. Uh, Raising the the disabled is like going on long-term missions. Mm. Uh, And when I say that, I mean you have to go, because God in his great commission calls us to go and make disciples. We have to go, and then we have to stay. Uh, we have to listen and learn. And then the fifth thing is to, um, I mean, really, like, meet disciples, um, get to know people, get to know their hearts, their fears, their uh, what they find joy in, the culture in which they live. Um, So I liken it to long-term mission because that's the same thing for the disabled community. You have to go, you have to stay, you have to stay in relationship, you have to listen, you have to learn from them. And then you have to really, as you do those things, you find out their heart, you find out what they're afraid of, what gives them joy, what they believe about God, what they believe about, uh, I mean, human beings, what they believe about sin, what they believe about salvation. So I think you to do so, I think we've, again, we've, we've made a commonplace. I think it's something different, something uh, not, we have not tapped, tapped into it yet, but I see it as very simple. It's just like making disciples of anyone. Mm -hmm. And to do so, you have to go, stay, listen, learn, and listen for their heart and speak into it. That's what God calls us to. And uh, I think (laughs) it's nothing fancy, but I mean, that's simply the way that uh, you reach the disabled community.
2: And along those lines, in what ways could we as a body of Christ do better on building relationships with those who have disabilities within our own churches?
3: The church um, needs to seek to make disciples of the of those who are disabled. Um, and I think we can agree that the church, not just in the, in the U.S., but around the world, has not served and loved the disabled community very well um, and in so doing uh, even attendance or even deeper membership at churches um from those who are disabled is so low so let's say the church needs to first put a priority on reaching the disabled and then uh in their building of relationships which can be built if you have no foundation. So that's why I say you have to really go. That's a foundation. Um and then building I think it's again it's it's a very simplistic answer, but I believe to my heart that it's just a way to for the church, God's church, to love uh the disabled. Is to uh, treat them as you would anyone else, which is with humility, um, with the gospel, um, with at times, if needed, uh, rebuke, um, encouragement. I think it's very simple, just friendship. Um, I mean, I'll speak on maybe my experience for a second, is that... um, there have been churches that have done really well for my family and I, but um, there's some who have not. And in in that the both sides of the spectrum, um, the one thing I would say is that the best way people have uh, built relationships is simply just you have to stay in their lives. You have to really invest, just like anyone else. You have to invest, you have to commit and see their value. You have to value them as a person, what they have to say, what they think Um, and then you have to be there for them in good and bad times. Um, uh, I mean again, uh, my my circumstance, uh, I needed a heart transplant, and uh, in that time, I can speak openly on this, but the church I was a member at, I didn't see a member of that church during the time in the hospital, and after that, for about five months, so it's it can be discouraging to those who are disabled or chronically ill if people are just not around if people don't stay in their in your life uh if people st- and, you know get involved in in the beginning but don't stick around it makes it it discourages people uh those who are disabled uh because it's Their value is not seen as them as a person, Um, but it's seen as a crisis has been handled and then we let go. So just staying a part of people's lives in the good and bad uh, is really all you need to do. And that's they can be very difficult, but can be really transformational. God can use that in ways you can't imagine.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And looking back at all the Lord has carried you through, if you could name just one attribute of God that you treasure most, what would it be?
3: At first, I would say, when I first became disabled and chronically ill, um, I think the attribute of God that just, just uh, sustain me during those immediately hard times and difficult times of change was that the sovereignty of God uh, was still remaining active. God did not let go of the situation. He did not watch at the distance, but he was there and he was in control of it all. Um I mean, I would struggle with control myself, uh, battling some OCD in my life. And so believing that God is the one who is in control, he's the one who's still good. He the one that wants. He sovereignly purchases things for my good. Not for me to feel good, but for my ultimate heart good. Uh, believing that God was sovereign and is sovereign uh, was a thing at the beginning, um, but I would say this is that after four years, <laughs> really leaning on the attribute, I would say, just in my uh, recent uh, research and learning uh, from my own blog, um, the and this is a theological term for the attribute, but the immutability of God how, God, how God is unchanging, um, how God is is, he was the same, he is the same God, and he forever will be the same. So the attribute that now brings forth is the attribute really that holds all the other attributes together um he does not change he's not one day sovereign one day not he's not one day loving one day not he's not one day gracious one day not one day good one day not he is always unchanging he never wavers from who he is and thank god he doesn't change because Life circumstances, especially in my testimony, my life, everything changed in a manner of 10 weeks. But he remained the same. He remained the same God in those 10 weeks, but also in, those, in the four years after becoming disabled. He has not changed one iota in his character. His word, his promises, his plans, or honestly, just anything else about himself. He cannot change and will not change for his people. Mm -hmm. He will not change his plan for salvation. Um, He has saved me, and one day I will be in glory. And honestly, the unchanging nature of God changed me right now because I can look back and say, the same God who saved me at 19 in my dorm room as a freshman in college is the same God who is walking with me right now uh, as I am disabled, as I am as a disabled father and husband. Um, he's the same God forever. And in that way, I will say right now, his unchanging nature uh, sustains me. It gives me greater faith and greater dependence on who He is. Well said.
1: We want to thank you, Jacob, so much for sharing your time with us. We appreciate your ministry.
2: Your testimony points to the fact that we can take heart in Christ, who has overcome the world. And in light of all He has done for us, we're motivated to share encouragement that will lift others' hearts toward the Lord.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.